Hey, everybody, what's going on? Rob Sestrinino here with our AJ Mass countdown of the 13 archetypes of the Survivor season. This is a very fun podcast. We do it every season, and AJ Mass from ESPN is going to join us to talk about his system of the archetypes and assigning them to each of the players. Plus, we're going to go ahead and have a draft of our Survivor players like AJ and I do every single Survivor season. Of course, also, Today is the last day that you can vote for the podcast awards for Rob as a podcast at podcastawards.com. That is, of course, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, which is Tuesday, March 24th. Now, before we get to the podcast with AJ, I want to take a moment and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. And those are our friends over at draftkings.com. Spring training is underway, and that can only mean one thing. Baseball season is right around the corner, and there's never been a better time to check out draftkings.com, which is America's favorite daily fantasy baseball site where you could win huge cash prizes every day. And daily fantasy means no season-long commitments, no slogging through a long season to collect your winnings, instant cash, instant gratification. It's right up Rodney's alley. It's a new season every time you play. So simply pick two pitchers, eight position players, stay under the salary cap, and you could be on your way to a huge payday. In fact, DraftKings has already crowned over a dozen millionaires, Hundreds of thousands of fantasy sports fans just like you have cashed in at DraftKings.com. So now it's your turn. Hurry to DraftKings.com. Use promo code ROB to play for free in the $100,000 fantasy baseball contest for opening day. First place takes home $10,000. Use promo code ROB for your free entry now at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. ROB promo code at DraftKings.com. Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sesternino here, and we have a fun show today. It's an RHAP tradition like no other. Here he is with 13 people left in the season, like we like to do, to talk about assigning the archetypes for who everybody is left in the game, and then to do our, I want to say annual, but that's not the right word, because we do it like three times a year, our triannual season draft here's aj mass from espn hey rob what's going on aj very excited i am too this is this is a fun season i think uh it's good to i mean i actually got a chance to talk to you in person about it uh, briefly at, at the live know it all so it's kind of cool that like we actually have, have talked about it before this this draft yes and aj you made such an impression on my wife she won't stop talking about uh how nice aj mass is Oh, oh, oh that's that's a good impression. Okay, uh, yeah, no, it was great. Uh, you, you guys were a little late uh, wrapping up uh, after the uh, proceedings, and uh, I got to the after party a little uh, early and uh, saw saw your lovely uh, first lady of uh, podcasting there uh, sitting by herself. So I uh, chatted for a little bit. We discussed kids and being parents and all that good stuff. So yeah. it was it was good. It was a fun time uh, that you hit on her favorite subject. <laughs> I, I, I guess I download and listen, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so AJ, I'm excited because I feel like the point that we get to this, where we talk about the archetypes, we do our draft, especially on Survivor, even like uh, Survivor more so than Big Brother. This is where we are down to. Okay, now, now the season has started. You know, we're really we've gotten through the first part of the game, which at times in the survivor season can be boring. You know, I really love the excitement that comes around figuring out how it's all going to sort out a little bit more than just, you know, how it is right out of the gate. So this is a coming of age 
for Survivor Worlds Apart to officially get to the point where AJ Mass comes in. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's when you first start the season, there's so many people that yes. it's really hard to get get a handle on on who people are, uh, and you know, people you think are going to be great players or you know, great personalities are suddenly gone before before we even have a chance to talk about them. So, you know. Whereas, you know, if you started the season here and it like Vince, oh my God, Vince, what's he, what's he, oh, he's, he's crazy, but yeah, he's irrelevant. And, and so we don't even have to worry about him. Poof, he's gone. Yes. And in some ways it's once the season hits 13, uh, it does come of age and become a, uh, a fully grown season. It's a little bit like we get to our, uh, mass mitzvah here when we get to 13 people. Yes, exactly, and and, and we get to read from the uh, read from the uh, Torah section of of uh, the Book of Probes, <laughs> <laughs> and and we, we learn our lessons, and uh, you know they have to. They, they, we, we've gone. We're going to go from the tribe game very soon to the individual game. You know, so you know they're going to become men and women here. So yes, it is appropriate the, okay. uh, passing the uh, torch. That's a different tribe. Yes. All right. Yes. So AJ, tell us. For new listeners, we have new people that come on all the time that may not have heard this before. Uh, talk a little bit about what we're going to do here today. Okay, well, I uh, my background is sports writing, and uh, I work for ESPN.com, and I've been in the fantasy department for many years. Uh, and one of the things I uh, kind of trademarked for myself and made, my, made myself a, a regular feature was types of personalities that you can uh, have in a fantasy sports league. And that's when you get a bunch of friends together to kind of draft players, kind of what we're going to do later on. Uh, so I, what, I, what I noticed that a lot of leagues failed because the personality types in these leagues were all too similar. If you have a bunch of people uh, trying to work towards common goal, but you all come at it the same approach, the same way, there's a lot of groupthink, and, and you're just doomed for disaster. So what I tried to do is come up with the 12 different personality types that would make a strong fantasy league. And after I did that, I discovered that this same 12 personality types kind of maps out to any situation when people are working together, be it uh, you know, a, a boardroom situation uh, in, in business uh, or, or even a bunch of reality contestants working together. The most successful seasons I have found are where each of these archetypes is filled by a very strong... Uh, personality type that matches up greatly. Some seasons it's a bit of a stretch to kind of put maybe one or two in there. Uh, and those seasons actually do tend to be the ones that are uh, more of a mishmash. So I just think it maps, if when they match up. John mishmash? Uh, yes, exactly. Or Jacqueline <laughs> mishmash. Uh, is she officially Jacqueline Mishmash no, now? Not yet, not yet. I no, so well, there you go. We'll go with John. Uh, yeah. So I just, th- I just think what we do here it gives us an idea of 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 where what role these people are playing within the interactions. And certain roles have a better chance of making it to the end, end game. And I think that's what, what, where this is useful. Uh, it's not so much the person themselves. Uh, it's the person's role that they've taken on. And you, you talk with Angie Counts before the season and, 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 and come up with the uh, casting uh, types, the types of people that they cast. This doesn't really have anything to do with that. This is the role that they're playing. Uh, there are certain jobs. Kind of, if you're a Walking Dead fan, it's you know you get a job when you go into Alexandria. Yeah, like Utopia. Kind of like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, exactly. This is our Utopia, Rob. <laughs> yeah, and just to make a, a little bit of a clarification, because a lot of people say you know are confused between what we do and what I do with Angie. Angie 
what we do with with her list of people is really just based on you know gender and age and occupation and she could just sort of like read the bios and say okay this person is this person this person is this person whereas you know in what we do here it uh, it doesn't determine by sex or by you know whose age or what type of person they are and we need to watch about you know five six episodes before we can get to this list right right because the same type of like angie provides you with the adjectives I'm providing you with the nouns. Uh, you know, you can have uh, like one, one of one of these one of the jobs we're gonna one of these archetypes we're gonna uh, learn here is 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 called fresh meat. Fresh meat could be, you know, an old person, a young person, male, female. It, 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 the type of person who fills the role, it doesn't matter. It's the role itself that we're we're focusing on, and and the type of role that they play when interacting. The same person could play this game a hundred times. They might be a different role, even though they're the same person coming into the, into the game each time they play. Okay. AJ, also, I appreciate you taking some time to talk with us because I know this is got to be your most busy time of the year with baseball starting up in about a week with the fantasy baseball. So uh, we are especially appreciative this week. Oh, pshaw, pshaw. You know I'll always have time for the RHAP community. Yes, although this might be the best time that you want to get away. That is like, uh, you must be up to your eyeballs with uh, the baseball season. I am, I am. It's, it's crazy. All, a lot of uh, positional battles uh, coming down to the wire and trying to learn uh, you know, 30 new teams and, and where all the players have ended up and who's going to do what. It, it, it is very time-consuming, and yet I'm still going to probably try and find... Uh, the, time to take out to watch a little big brother Canada as well. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm nuts. <laughs> All right. Yes. We won't ask you, uh, you know, who is the old reliable of big brother Canada three just yet, but all right, let's get into it. Excellent. Excellent. So I, you know, the best way to do this, I'm just going to uh, start at the, the bottom of the rankings and work our way towards the top. Again, this is not the ranking of who's going to win the game. This is a rank of who has the best chance of making the final tribal council. You know, once you get to the final tribal, it all depends on who you're there with and what kind of argument you make. Uh, but we have found over over the course of doing this season after season that uh, this is the pretty good ranking, a pretty good mapping of of who's going to make it to the end. Right, and this is in order of archetype, having nothing to do with the specific player who is in that archetype, correct? Correct, correct. You could be really bad at the archetype. I mean, like one, one, one season uh, diplomat who was very high on our list was Cass. Cass was the diplomat of that season. She was just lousy at it. <laughs> okay. So Okay, so we're going to start off with fresh meat. Yes. Uh, fresh meat, you know, they kind of are the clueless person out there, generally speaking. Uh, they might not be the brightest bulb, the sharpest tool in the shed. Um, kind of lost at sea. Probably was recruited rather than uh, an applicant. Uh, you know, a pretty face, perhaps. But uh, generally speaking, you don't see big moves out of this person. Uh, and... You know, you're like, what are they doing there? Do they really have a chance? No. Occasionally, fresh meat can go all the way if if they hitch their wagon to a smart, savvy player who's just going to drag them along to the end because they know they can't win. Because this person really can't win. I, I, I in general, this is the person of the 13 left is probably going to be ranked number 13 uh, because you just you haven't seen anything from this person that that hints at that they know the game at all. Okay. 
And this was a tough one. I, I I was a little torn because I think a lot a lot of the a lot of the season's fresh meat might have gone away already. But uh, I'm going with Sierra. On this. Sierra. Yeah, I don't really think Sierra knows exactly how to play the game. Uh, I'm pretty sure she was recruited as Pretty Face, um, mm. and you know, just even in her situation where where she's you know she she seems clueless as to as to what what actually happened when Lindsay got voted out. It, you know, I, I just don't think she really understands what's going on. All right, last season you had a fresh meat. Do you remember? I can look no, real. I, I know. I can tell you. Oh, well, go ahead. Alec Christie. There you go. <laughs> so I, I think you were probably on the money with that one. Yeah. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think you did. Uh, and not only was he fresh meat, but he was a fresh meat collector. I'm a meat collector. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, how, how fortuitous of that, of that yeah. sound bite to appear. <laughs> oh, my God. You called it. Indeed. Right. <laughs> Let's talk Sierra. Yeah, I mean, do you really think she has any real game sense? No, not really. I mean, but I do think that she's in uh, an interesting position. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see her end up going further than we typically think for the fresh meat. Because, I mean, she was savvy enough to say, like, hey, I'm not just going to stick with my people that, you know, I've come to this point with. And she did make somewhat of a move uh, this week. I'm trying to think of who I might give fresh meat to. You know, it's a tough season because I do feel like most of these people do seem like they have a sense of what's going on. I feel like I might have Will in the fresh meat conversation, but he's also demonstrated, you know, that he's willing to, to make some moves. So I guess it's a good thing overall if we're struggling to figure out who the fresh meat is. Yeah, I just I just think that her her move to kind of uh, move away from from her tribe uh, was more of a, an emotional reaction rather than a strategic one. I just think she was just like, I just hate these people and I don't want to do anything with them anymore. Uh, whoever shows up, I'm going to just go with them. But she's still at the bottom. It's not really a strategic move. It's it's more of just I just don't want to talk to them. I, I'll I'll talk to you. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you'll treat me nicer. And that's not really a, a survivor move. That's that's just you know I don't like those guys anymore. Okay, so Sierra is the fresh meat here, um, and the least likely archetype to win the game. To, to make final tribal, yeah, and and to win the game, absolutely. Uh, this, this happens to map out on both for here because they're not. She, you know, she, even if she gets to the end, it's unlikely that she's going to have an argument that's going to uh, beat the people who are are far better uh, situated to drag her along. She needs help to get there. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's go to our next number twelve, the twelfth most likeliest archetype to win. Okay, we are going to go here with the ninja. The ninja. And the ninja is pretty much, if you're going to start listing off the names of the people who are left in the game, uh, you might actually forget that this person's even in the game. They kind of typically get an invisible edit um, for most of, of the season up until this point. Uh, it's a little different this year simply because we just had a tribe swap and that kind of like put the focus on some people who may not have had the focus before. But... Um, you know, generally speaking, this is someone who likes to fade in the background and really isn't showing showing what they're thinking or do. Maybe they have a strategy, maybe they don't, but you kind of just forget the person's even on the show. Okay, I would take a guess. 
did this person have something dropped on their head this week? It, it, it is possible that uh, they're such a such a perfect ninja that they were not <laughs> even seen in the middle of the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And something dropped on their head because they didn't know they were there. Is it, don't call me purple, Kelly, red Kelly? Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, before before this, this accident, I don't really think I even remember. A, I mean, I know she probably had a confessional. I don't remember one. Yes. Um, kind of just been quiet, kind of just been like under the radar and... Even this week when it could have been like, oh, you know, I'm going to be the swing vote and, and you know, uh, that's great. She kind of lost even that power to have the swing vote. That kind of like she kind of just faded back into the background again as, as if like she is not important to the narrative at all. Yeah, she was going to end up going with the white collar, but then they ultimately brought her back in to be part of the bigger no collars plus Carolyn vote. Yeah, she does seem like she was in a good position in the first hour of the show before the tribe swap. So I sort of liked where she was at with Mike and the blue collar people. But she does not seem like she's going to be a major factor. But I don't know. Maybe she's just bad at the confessional. Yeah, I mean, and it's possible. But I, you know, I just think someone who's who is, you know, put into the position where they are given you know, pretty much on a silver platter, like, okay, you are now the swing vote, uh, and doesn't even realize it at first. And then she eventually realized it. And and then she, you know, she, Oh, this is a good place to be, but she didn't take advantage of it at all. Uh, you know, and before this, before this week, I, I honestly, you know, I, I, I forgot she was on the show. Like, like <laughs> Kelly, who's, who's, yeah. which one's Kelly again? Like, you know, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, her and Sierra were both in that sort of mix. And then Sierra was the one that really emerged, ironically, on an episode where Kelly was the one that, you know, got clocked over the head with a shipping pallet. Um, it's Sierra, the one that makes the bigger impression, I think, after that two hour show. Yeah. And if that doesn't if that doesn't speak to Kelly's ninjiness, I, I don't know what what does. I mean, <laughs> you put an X marks the spot right on her head with a bunch of stitches and it still doesn't matter. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, I hope underneath that bandage, uh, there's not going to be like a W there either. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right. That is Kelly. She is our ninja. Last season, the ninja was Jacqueline. Yeah. And that was basically because John was doing all the talking for her. Yes. All right. And we didn't get, we didn't really know who she was. We still don't know. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number 11. Okay, this is the cheerleader. Yes. And typically, there, there's two ways to look at the cheerleader. There's two uh, different seasons. It takes on a different different capacity. Sometimes, um, it's it's the the caregiver role, kind of the, the 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 tribe mom or dad, the one who's 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 there to just you know take care of everybody. Uh, kind of the the. Uh, Carol on The Walking Dead in, in her new environment where she's just baking cookies, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, someone, someone just wants to take care of everybody. Oh, come here, give, give mommy a hug kind of thing. Yeah. But it also could be the person who is, uh, you know, anything for the tribe. Let's, the tribe has to stick together. We need the one who's always talking about uh, tribe unity and doing what's best for the tribe, making sure everyone's feelings are, are taken care of. Um, you know, that's certainly also an aspect of it. Yeah, the dog. Uh, the Dawn, yes, exactly. Or or the Lisa Welchel, who is like, everyone has to be happy. Everyone in the tribe, the tribe, the tribe. No no betrayals or anything like that. Hmm. 
Those are the two general types. I don't think that we really have the purest cheerleader here. And I I know this is where people who are playing along at home are probably going to just scream at me, throw things at me, and and say I've completely gone off the rails here. (laughs) Ooh, this early? Yeah, this early. uh, A lot of these these archetypes fit perfectly. There were two or three that I was struggling with and, and, and... I will defend myself. Well, let Would me you ask you. Let me just ask you a little bit of a of a meta thing. Does it make you? What is your reaction when people fight with you and argue about that you are screwing up uh, the archetypes that you created? You know, it's kind of it's kind of like when people would would yell at Roger Ebert for for giving a thumbs up to a movie they 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 hated or vice versa. It's <laughs> like it's the Roger Ebert review. He can't be wrong if that's what he likes or doesn't like. Um, I created this. I'm telling you, this is what I think maps the best. I'm not wrong. You can disagree with me, and I'm fine with that because I uh, clearly you can come up with other alternatives. This is this is something where I think it's fun to debate. Um, and you know, you can make an argument that you think that these people fit better, but it doesn't mean I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they're my, they're my, they're they're my opinions. We're, this is a discussion of my opinions. I'm, I'm not. It's not a fact. It's not like I'm saying you know this person cannot win Survivor. Like no, it, I think these personalities met the best. So is there ever a point where in a season where like as it goes on, you're like ah, you know, I think that person was probably more of you know Captain Loophole than you know the mad scientist. Oh sure, people change, and I think a lot of it is is as the season goes along, uh, as pe- as certain um, people drop out of you know get voted off and drop out, it, it creates a void in in the uh, dynamic, and a lot of times people will shift into that role because the void is there, um, because and it, because it's used strategically or simply because when you take uh, a piece of the equation away, you know it changes the dynamic. So certainly, yeah, someone who is. Uh, you know, in the marriage of convenience, let's say, where it's just a two-person, you know, team. If if one of them goes out early, you know, what's the point? You can't be a marriage of one; it doesn't work. So, you know, sometimes that can completely flip uh, the archetypes and turn them on their head. But I, I think this is the best snapshot of where they are now. And and I think if you use this as the base of who might make the final tribal, I don't think that necessarily changes. Except for the fact that someone who does realize they're in a losing role and can, you know, snatch the, the an open role from higher up in the rankings, uh, does have a better chance to win. So I, I, I'm not upset about it. Um, uh, although, yeah, I mean, certainly there there are situations, especially in Big Brother, where I've been way off. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the cheerleader. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll just come out and say who my cheerleader is, and we can we can discuss from there. I'm going with Joe. Joe, okay, yeah, yeah. I was looking at my list of names, and I thought that he actually might be a, a decent pick. Yeah, I just I just think I mean you saw a little bit of it when they were actually doing the the, the uh, lacrosse catch the ball competition, and and he was he was I, he's that was the first time he really struck me as being like cheering his team on and going about a hot bunch of high fives and everything. But even, even when he you know, was, was dealing with, uh, with Nina and, and kind of, e- even as he was voting her out, he still was kind of trying to make sure that she was feeling okay and, and, and not really hurt about it. Uh, I, I think he was doing a decent job of, of trying to be the, the, 
the house dad, uh, you know, young age as he is, he doesn't fit the the age of, of this uh, cheerleader archetype in that sense. But I do think he, he's kind of this kind of free spirit, kind of like, hey, as long as everyone's feeling happy and okay, we're, we'll be all right. Just, you know, stick with the team and, and we'll be all right. Now, last season, you had as the cheerleader, the ultimate rah-rah guy, Dale. Dale was very, very much a cheerleader. Uh, he was an irascible cheerleader, and he, he, <laughs> he, he got on people's nerves, but I think his heart was definitely in the right place. Yes, yes. And he's a big cheerleader for his beloved Seahawks also. Indeed, indeed. But yes. I think you know, also last season was, was you know, when, when you once you have family involved, it also complicates matters. And, and I, I think you know if if you know once people start voting out your loved one, I mean, mm-hmm. forget about it. You know, if it's oh, we're no longer a tribe, you're dead to me. You know, so I, I can see where where it went off the rails quickly there. <laughs> now I don't have an issue with Joe being the cheerleader, but I feel like Joe at number eleven in the overall rankings like i feel like uh joe feels like he is somebody who's going to be pretty good this season i feel like uh that i only would be hesitant to put joe this low on the list because i feel like um i feel like he could be a better archetype but you know well Well, i think like i said i think the rankings are not necessarily first of all they're not tagged to the individual and and uh, you know, a cheerleader can win. I'm not saying that, that that's not possible at all. A, a, any of these can win if the circumstances are right. But I also think that um, Joe's personality does not lend itself to to me to be someone who's going to um, fight for himself in in the tribal final tribal situation. I, I think that his personality. The cheerleader's personality in general is one to give credit to others and to try and, um, you know, say, oh, you did it. You know, great, great, great. Uh, when it comes down to, oh, I did this, I don't think his personality is strong enough to be able to argue that way. So I, a cheerleader making the final tribal happens quite frequently because they're a good, they're a good person to have in your alliance because they're not, you can trust them. They're not going to betray you. Um, so... And you know, it, it, it comes this, can you win as the cheerleader? And it's very difficult because the personality traits of a cheerleader don't lend themselves to it. Even though Joe is, is far more a, a strategist than, than a lot of the people who have been in this role before. Okay, here we go. Let's go to our next one, which is one of my favorites, AJ. Yes, the loose cannon. <laughs> yes. And, and, and to the point of, of someone being uh, low on the scale who might end up winning. Whoa. Uh, who was our loose cannon last season? It was Natalie. Yes, it was. Um, it's, it's hard for a loose cannon to win because the loose cannon tends to shoot themselves in the foot with that cannon. And, uh, you know, loose cannon is someone who, who can be ranting and raving and it just, the, you know, a hair trigger can just go off at any second, uh, suddenly turn into, uh, you know, our good friend Rick from The Walking Dead, you know? Yes. <laughs> Just like you just anything can set them off and, you know, they're, they're going to be screaming at uh, their, their teammates, screaming at the opposition. Um, and they might even be scary it, that you might fear that they could, you know, just go off and start hitting people. Uh, typically the type of person who might, uh, you know, throw all the rice in the fire or, or decide to uh, do other things to the rice. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> the, the Hanses of the world. <laughs> all right. The loose cannons. All right, so 
AJ, who is our loose cannon this season? Is, is our loose cannon from the Northeast? Uh, yeah, I do believe the, the loose cannon is from the Northeast, yes. Yes. Uh, is Zooming in, is our loose <laughs> cannon from Boston? Hey, hey, uh, hey uh, I don't know what you're talking about there, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I would say so. Yes. Uh, <laughs> did our loose cannon say this? I'm going to be the leader no matter what. I'm the Tom Brady here. Is he the Tom Brady? Yes, I do believe he is. <laughs> wow. So unlike uh, Tom Brady, uh, he is number 10. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Oh, what, what, what to make of Mr. Rodney? Yes. Good. <sighs> loose cannon. A, a true loose cannon this season. Yeah. And, and, and what's, what's even more dangerous is that he he doesn't seem to have the wherewithal around himself to recognize that he has these character flaws uh, and is just very happy to even when be called upon some of the things he said to just say, yeah, I said it. What's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and and just someone like that, um, you know, if, if, if you're talking about the loose cannon being like a Philip Shepard where people realize this guy can't win, well, I'd love to have them in the final tribal with me. That's good. Well, that's great. But more often than not, they're going to do something to either, you know, quote unquote, self evict, uh, or you know, just people are just going to be fed up with 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 having them around camp. Uh, it's really hard. I mean, once the, if he if he can make it to the merge uh, and not be voted up before then, then he could go quite a distance because again, he becomes the villain. Uh, people are happy to have have them around, but uh, you know, chances of winning when everyone hates you, not very good. Yeah, you heard it here first. We will not have two loose cannons in a row win this game. Uh, if, if that were to happen, I would be uh, quite uh, gobsmacked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh, good on Survivor Worlds Apart for giving us a, a true loose cannon in Rodney. Oh, yes, yes. And, and, and this was one of the easier ones. <laughs> yes, yes. This is you go right to Rodney on the loose count. All right. So the next one, maybe not as easy. Well, the next one is is the uh, narcissist. Hmm. And this is, uh, you know, a lot of these are, are, are kind of hard to figure out because they're more about you know, my interpretation of perhaps, you know, how they're interacting with people. Uh, the narcissist—you don't have to look too deeply because it's—it's it's just someone who's beautiful and and knows it. Um, usually, a very very hunky hunk who likes to flex, uh, or you know, a hot babe who likes to you know strut her stuff. Uh, generally, generally speaking, there there aren't a lot of candidates for this in, in each season. We miss Vince. Um, yeah, yeah, but I I think. There's really, there's only one person who fits this role, and and that would be our our good friend, Mister Walk. Oh, Joaquin! <laughs> yeah, uh, he's uh, walking walking around, uh, looking in the mirror all the time. Yeah, I mean, he's a good looking guy. He knows it, and he's he's going to use it to his advantage where he can. I, I think that, you know that's kind of the extent of the narcissist strategy is like, look at me. I think that's pretty good. Look yeah. at me. Look at me. I'm I'm Joaquin. That's it. That's it. I mean, is there anything deeper than that? <laughs> well, I don't the, think so. The, the narcissist is shallow, so there can't be much deeper. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, the narcissist is generally just because they're, 
their archetype is based on on appearance, it's hard for them to hide, and I think uh, it's hard for them to to really avoid having a target put on them simply because they're generally going to be athletic. They're generally going to be a threat in challenges. And so, you know, unless you get a narcissist who's also kind of fresh meaty and, and also, you know, showing themselves as having no affinity for the game, uh, their, their chances of lasting long are, are not great because eventually it gets to the point where there's, there's the number of people there. It's like, hey, well, let's get rid of that guy because he could win out. Now, AJ, based on the previews, it looks like the narcissist and the loose cannon might be uh, starting to come together and hang out as bros. Have you ever been as excited to see a narcissist and a loose cannon come together? Have I ever been as excited? Let's see. No, probably probably not. Uh, Yeah, because usually that doesn't happen. (laughs) Yes. They're usually they're, it, it's interesting to see it. I'm, I'm I'm looking through a bunch of the uh, the ones in the pa- in the past, and and none of them would have happened. <laughs> yeah. Last season, narcissist was Wes. Yeah, yeah, and he was very, he was a quiet narcissist too. He was a food narcissist. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at some of the, some of the. I mean, can, can you imagine? Can you imagine uh, Eddie from the Three Amigos and Corinne? Uh, I bet that that would be a fun night out. Yeah, yeah, fun night out. Not so, not so, not so much for the survivor uh, standpoint, but yeah. So like, yeah, J- Jeff Kent and not be Maria. <laughs> oh, perfect. perfect. Yeah, it's some interesting ones in the back. Okay, so Joaquin is narcissist. I think you got that right. Also, I think you, I think you nailed two in a row. That I think that uh, you have no doubters. There you go. Okay. All right. Well, now we come to uh, old reliable. Old reliable. Overliable, and it's funny because overliable. Uh, I've actually, I've actually taken to taking the D off and putting an apostrophe, making it old reliable. Reliable. We've had a run uh, over the past few seasons. This, this, it's a country boy. <laughs> yes, but it's a good old boy. It's you know, generally speaking, it's it's an, an older male. Um, the uh, generally, it's just mapped out that way. It's kind of just a cow. A cowboy seems to fit this this role, but it's someone who's going to be really um, strong in challenges. Um, someone who's consistently strong in challenges has a pretty good rapport in the social game, but just because they're generally the older male, they don't necessarily uh, fit in exactly just right, and and they end up eventually just. There's a separation, a divide there in their alliance where they end up voted out eventually. No, no one hates Old Reliable, but they don't really do anything beyond what you expect of them. Yeah. I think you nailed it last season with Keith. Yeah. And again, it just one of those. He's a good old boy. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 I nailed it with Keith. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's. Uh, discuss uh the prospects of this season's old reliable um we could go i think one of two ways yes and i feel like they're both uh blue collar guys indeed yes um and i feel like one is more traditionally older and i feel like dan is the old reliable for this season you know, that's it's just not bad. Not bad. It's not bad. However, I went the other way. Yes. Okay. 
You and would. I did go with uh, with Mike. More reliable than all. Yeah, he's more reliable than all. I mean, relatively speaking, he's old. Yeah. Um, you know, especially you know, with each year, I, I as I get older, I'm just like, oh, he's not really old, is he? <laughs> he's not that old. <laughs> not that old. But yeah, I just I think he's he's certainly the reliable. Yes. Uh, I, I think we know. We know that he's he seems stable. He seems like he's got a grasp on strategy. He seems like he's got a, 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 a steady competition kind of thing. He seems to be you know creating relationships and and and, and playing the game. Um, and I could see Mike you know being competitive final three in almost every challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's a skill that he doesn't you know that he's gonna you know make him fall apart completely. So uh, I just think he's going to be consistent. He's going to win. He's going to win his, his share of immunities, and he's going to go deep into the game. Uh, he's not going to step on too many toes. I, I don't necessarily think he can win, but you know, if he goes to the end with the right people, perhaps. Yeah, I thought Mike could have been in play for the cheerleader. Also, could have absolutely, absolutely. It's 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 this middle area here where there's certain personality types that the overliable tends to be a cheerleader. Uh, and tends to be a house, you know, a family dad, you know, kind of, kind of the tribe dad kind of thing. Because uh, again, it, reliability kind of goes hand in hand in that. Um, I think the difference, if there is one between cheerleader and all reliable, it's simply a, a grasp of the strategy and being willing to do the things necessary to hurt feelings. And I think Mike is certainly shown that um, he's willing to scheme and plot. Yes. Now, if Lindsay was still in the mix, where would you have had her? Uh, well, you know, I think there could have been only one between Lindsay and Rodney. I think she would have ended up being the loose cannon. Yeah. I, I think Rodney would have been the one to go. Um, I love Lindsay. I, 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 oh. I miss her terribly already. I, 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 she was my favorite and I was rooting for her. I, 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 to me, when it's someone like Lindsay who speaks her mind so freely, um, and yet doesn't pissed me off in the process like she's ruining her chances i think she was so genuine in 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 her insults and and, and the way she was playing the game uh, i especially love the uh the exit interview you did with her okay i, I just I, I felt she really had a good head on her shoulders and she's like i'm going to be me and if i'm going to go out i'm going to go out being me and i i, I really like that it, it wasn't she wasn't you know rodney is loose cannoning and and blowing up his game but he's clueless that he's doing it and i think she was aware that like you know if i start bringing up this god thing it's going to bite me but i just can't be quiet about yeah. it and and i'd rather just be me and i i, I like that kind of it's a it's a refreshing uh personality type on the show uh because i see so many people play characters and i, I think she was just herself yeah way better than last season's Lindsay. <laughs> yes <laughs> Lindsay. Yeah, actually two seasons, ago, two seasons ago i also just enjoyed saying that name yeah it's a good giles name okay so that is mike he is all reliable they're the eighth most likely archetype to win the game. Yes. Not, not eighth most likely player, archetype. 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 All right. So now, uh, is, are those wedding bells I hear? I, I do believe so. Yes. Is this one, uh, one half of the marriage of convenience coming yes, up? Yes, we are going to that chapel and we are going to get married. And because the marriage of convenience is um, a, a couple that is working together either through... Uh, showmancy kind of kind of stuff or perhaps uh they were kind of stuck together because they were the only two outsiders in a larger group who had to work together 
or simply because they formed an alliance on day one and, and have stuck with it, if, if there's no romance involved, uh, they're kind of a two-headed monster. But because revealing the identity of one usually tells us who the other one is, when we go through these lists, we kind of put the placeholder here, skip them, and we'll get back to it. Okay. Now, last season, you had a marriage of convenience, which was uh, very unconventional. Yes. And I must admit, I questioned you at the time. I said, I think... A, I think AJ's lost it. I, I think he's uh, too much, too maybe uh, too many hours in the Mister Met costume. And I said, uh, "What is he talking about with John and Missy as the marriage of convenience?" But I do believe I think that you were proved right that there was something going on there with John and Miss, Missy that I did not have a finger on at the time. Yeah, I, I think that just there's just watching the season last year, the situation, I think, uh, you know, Muffin was not going to turn on, on John without a <laughs> lot of, of, of arm twisting. And, and I think it, it, you know, I think we, we saw that uh, that alliance of, you know, that was going to go down to the end of, of the two couples. Yeah. Uh, plus Natalie was was uh, even with people, you know, volunteering to throw themselves on their own sword to, to, to get those two to the end. I mean, like, that's crazy. But uh, I think the seeds were sown early on. Yeah, they were going to go ahead and like throw competitions and, and then Baylor was going to fall on the sword and Jacqueline was going to fall on the sword. And they were uh, incredibly tight, uh, John and Missy. Roger that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yes, we'll come back yes. to Marriage of Convenience. So, but yeah, yeah we'll come, we'll come you, back AJ. and see who's in the sticky situation this season. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Uh, let's uh, speaking of a uh, sticky situation. Let, uh, let's talk about last year's uh, person in this archetype, or we don't have to talk about last year's person, but the Baylor was this next archetype that we'll talk about. Yes, and this next one is the idiot savant. <laughs> AJ, and again, you, it, uh, maybe it's not you. the most PC term. Yeah, <laughs> 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 Dairy Queen's gun melted. What can I say? Yes. Um. The idiot savant, it, it, it doesn't mean that they're an idiot. It, it doesn't mean they're stupid. Um, they make moves. They make a lot of moves in some situations, uh, some seasons. They're questionable moves. If, if, as an outsider looking in, you go, why are they doing this? That doesn't seem to make sense. For people who uh, are longtime Survivor fans who've seen season after season will scratch their heads at almost every move that, that this idiot savant makes. And yet, the savant part is that they're still here. Yeah, they're still here despite all of the seemingly stupid decisions, and whether they've jumped alliances or they, you know, made up immunity idols, whatever crazy things they're doing, it seems to work. Uh, despite the fact they probably should have been voted out weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Hmm. All right, so I have a couple of people. That I'm looking at. Uh, could this season's idiot savant have lost their manties? <laughs> that would be a sticky situation. And indeed, <laughs> you are correct, sir. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, this is good. I think that I think that you are uh, you're onto something here with with Dan as the idiot savant because seemingly he's done a lot of things wrong. Yet uh, here he is, and I would be surprised if he's voted out this week. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like. You go up to someone to apologize and say you re- you owe me an apology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. Uh, that pretty much that 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 solidified it for me. It was just like, 
I just I don't understand where his head is at. I don't understand where he's coming from with any of these moves. Uh, he, he's still here. Yeah. And don't try to tell him how to talk to women, AJ. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I, I, he boggles my mind. I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand him. I never will understand him. And that's great because I want him, I want him in my alliance and I want him making these crazy moves and, and, and it's fun if I'm watching on TV. If I'm playing the game, I don't want to be anywhere near him. He's toxic. <laughs> yeah. Because at some point it's going to turn and, and he's going to do something so stupid that I'm going to be blamed for it and going to be voted out. Yeah, well, there's like a pro and a con of having him in your alliance. Like, he's never going to flip on you. Like, if you're Mike, like, having the around, he's never going to flip on you. He's going to be loyal to the end. But he's also going to like say something that's going to piss everybody off and uh, people are going to come up to you and like, hey, your boy, Dan, that, uh, you know, you guys are saying all this stuff. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. And when that happens, who do they vote out? Do they vote out Dan or do they, you know, vote out Mike? Because, uh, I mean, Dan has done very well in the competition, you know, in the competitions, which is surprising to me Mm -hmm. because on looking at him, you wouldn't think so. But he has stepped up. But generally speaking, someone like Dan would be a lot weaker in competitions. And you go, well, I'm going to keep him around because he can't win. I don't know. He might even be such an idiot savant uh, that he's he's not tanking the competitions like he should be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which would keep him around longer. Yeah. So, okay. Dan, the idiot savant, the sixth most likely archetype to win the game. Indeed. Okay. All right. Let's talk about your next archetype. My next archetype is Captain Loophole. Yes, yes, love Captain Loophole. And Captain Loophole, I mean, the short, the short definition, it's the super fan. This is someone who knows the, the game in and out and knows where all the loopholes are in the rules. Uh, they, they, they can figure out what's going to happen next in terms of game pacing and plan for it and tell everybody about it. Um, we had a couple of uh, Captain Loopholes on the show. Yes. And uh, I had this uh, spot clearly uh, with a slash line as A or B. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, this, this is not too obvious, huh? Um, <laughs> and I decided to give it to, to Shireen's cousin's cousin. Okay, Shireen's cousin's <laughs> cousin. There you go. Let's talk about uh, Captain Loophole. So um, I'm sure the Shireen in the top five baby for archetypes that could win the game, I think is probably going to be excited because it's not looking so great right now for Shireen's cousin's cousin. Uh, yes and no. Um, the thing is, generally speaking, uh, if she survives this next cut, yes, then yes. Unfortunately, uh, four and five uh, in my ranking. So we'll get to this when we talk to the, about the next person. Generally speaking, are out one of the one of the two is out at the thirteen spot. Hmm. Generally speaking, more often than not, because uh, it, it becomes this either or thing, and it, whoever survives the next cut it, it is good to take along because they don't usually. Captain Loophole is usually not very good at challenges. Captain Loophole is usually because they're they're so knowledgeable can kind of be an advisor and a sounding board and kind of like you can use their knowledge before you cut them loose and they're not going to win the challenges. So when you're ready to cut them loose, you cut them loose. Um, but that's also true of the next archetype, and therefore you don't need both of them. And just before the merge, it's it's really easy to just cut one of these two loose. Yeah, it's the easy vote. 
So it, it's generally speaking, they don't both last to the 12 when we're at 13. Now, last season you had, do you remember? Last season I had, yes, I had, uh, I had uh, Reed was yeah. the uh, Captain Loophole. And really was, you know, one stick to the plan away from really pulling off a, uh, a very Captain loophole move. Indeed. It, it, you're not going to get um, deep third level chess type moves from anybody else mm-hmm. than Captain Loophole. And, and, and just a lot has to, has to fall into place for them to work. And when they do, they're glorious. But when they don't, you end up uh, being Cochrane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, Shireen is your captain loophole. Uh, the number five most likely archetype to win the game. All right. Now top four. Yes. And obviously it would have been, it would have been uh, Max had he, he survived. But uh, too bad. Snooze, you lose. <laughs> what was your uh, take right, so on I- Max real quick? Um, I think he was... Uh, don't know, don't know him personally at all, but I think he was uh, happier to be there and more excited to be there than, and I think that got in his way. Okay, I think if he was less excited about about, and, and it was hard for him to turn off that being excited. And I think if he had been able to take a step back while he was there, he would have gone a lot further. You know, we've talked so much about the super fans and from Max and Shireen. And then also in most recently in my discussion of the Big Brother Canada three cast, because there's a lot of super fans um, on that cast. Do you think that this is a thing that is like with all these people who are major fans of the show that are getting on the show and then geeking out on the show? Is this something that you're going to think we're going to see more of? Or do you think that super fans will be able to keep their love of the show that they're now on in check? Uh, I think when you're talking about Big Brother Canada, I, I just a quick aside there. I think it's not as as dangerous because I think because this show is so new, you've got a lot more of these super fans. People are still very excited about it, and and, I, and so I think it's a little bit more acceptable. Plus, you know, it's a lot easier to remember what happened in the in the last two seasons as opposed to on Survivor, where you're going back, you know, fifteen years. Um, and, and people who are still remembering season, you know, four and five of Survivor in, in 2015, I think are a rarer breed and I think are a little bit uh, more just a bullseye in terms of outcast, uh, especially if they're going to continue to recruit people who may maybe be well versed in the last two or three seasons because those were the, you know, those were the episodes they were given to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, people who are, are super, who say, you know, oh, I'm a really big fan of the show. Oh, who's your favorite player? Natalie. I mean, I love Natalie. Don't get me wrong. I met Natalie at, at Live Note Alls. Love her. But if that's, that's, that's your answer because it's the only season you've seen, it, it's a little different than if you're going to, you know, try and show off because you, you know who was voted off for singing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's different. Yeah. Let me make another analogy and tell me if you think that this makes sense. Like, it's almost kind of like um, Saturday Night Live. And, you know, you could have people who are like going to be on Saturday Night Live who know every single sketch and every single character and every single, you know, performer that's been on the show. And then they get to SNL. And because it's such, it, it, this is like their life dream to be on SNL, they sort of like um, are nervous and put a pressure on themselves that somebody who, 
is, you know, a very talented person, but maybe isn't so wrapped up in, you know, the history and the legacy of SNL, like goes there and is able to be a little more free out there than somebody who just is so wrapped up in, oh my God, there's Lauren, there's this, there's that. What, what do you think? I think, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a very good analogy. I think if, you know, if you put so much pressure on yourself and, and you know, you're experiencing it in, in that, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here. It takes you out of actually playing the game because you're, you're noticing everything and you're so, you're so self-aware and you don't want to embarrass yourself and become, oh, I, I hope I don't turn out to be, you know, the next Francesca and get voted out first, you know, like, you know, this, you, you, you behave differently and, and you end up, uh, oh, boy. <laughs> Is he tying it back to SNL? Yes, that was just my Tackenberg uh, tieback. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the second person tieback. You got to watch out for this. But yeah, you know, you end up doing that and shooting yourself in the foot because you're 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 so you're you're watching yourself play instead of just playing and being in the moment. Yeah, you got to be in the moment. You got to be in the moment. Look, it, it's fine to be in the moment and enjoy the monkey sex that you're watching, but at the same time, you can't geek out about it to the point where everyone's like, "Oh my god, she's talk, still talking about the monkey sex." Yeah, let's talk about number four. Number four, and number four is the. X Factor. Yes. And the X Factor is the person who is different from everybody else. Uh, You know, if if it was a tribe full of, uh, you know, nothing but men and and you're the lone woman, that could nominate you for it. Uh, If, if, you know, you were the only, you know, Asian American on the show and everybody else wasn't, and that, that might stand you out. If you were perhaps deaf. Mm-hmm. And everyone else could hear that. You know, Nina was a great candidate for the X Factor. If she had survived this this far, it would have been a no brainer. Yeah, because clearly she's different than any, everybody else. So uh, at this point, there is only one person remaining who you, you look at them and and you you notice them, and you notice them just because they're different from everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that would be someone who can't get through challenges because they can't breathe. Yes, I, I mean clearly. Everyone notices that Will is out there and struggling. Yes, um, just, and because because of his 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 weight and and the fact that physically he doesn't appear to be to be handling it, he's the X factor. He completely stands out from everybody else. Now, AJ, did you make Will the X factor because uh, that he is going to be in a singing competition as he goes sing Bon Jovi? Yeah, yeah. I uh, uh, assuming I was doing my archetypes at a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> Then perhaps, uh, if there was a singing competition, I think he might have a chance of, of of doing doing well. But unfortunately, he's got to jump over things and crawl under things. Yes. Uh, last season, the X Factor did not fare incredibly well. Uh, it was Julie was the X Factor last season. Well, she could have fared incredibly well. <laughs> she chose not to fare incredibly well. <laughs> I guess so. And there's nothing more X Factor than making yourself different from everyone else by... Kicking yourself off the show. <laughs> yeah, by quitting. So By quitting. Hopefully, Ugh. Will will not have that same, <laughs> that same No, problem. but uh, like I was saying, you know, between the X-Factor and Captain Loophole, it, it, you know, it's clear that, that uh, I don't think anyone would be surprised if, if, if either Will or Shireen were the next boot. And I think it's because they're obvious, easy picks. And, you know, going into the merge, if you've started building your alliances and your counting numbers... They're, you know, they're both kind of could go either way. You, you know, they're not really locked into an alliance firmly. So 
might as well get rid of somebody who you don't really know where they're going to go. Okay. All right. Let's go to our top three. And again, we still have that other person from the marriage of convenience hanging out there. Yes, indeed. And number three is one of my favorite archetypes, the mad scientist. Gotta love the mad scientist. Mad scientist is, is just someone who is a, a master strategist, perhaps a puppet master, uh, perhaps someone who is just always, you know, doing the deep thinking and, and plotting and planning. Uh, sometimes they take it to that extra, extra, extra level mm-hmm. where they're doing it just for the sake of doing it. Yes. And that's where the danger lies. Uh, if you, you know, it's, it's plot and plan, but don't plot and plan too much. And, you know, you might start speaking llama when you do this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Love the mad scientist. Mad scientist mad makes scientist. it fun. Yes, indeed. And, and quite frankly, this was an interesting pick for me because I think uh, the mad scientist this season has not really been given the greatest amount of screen time. Ooh. I think there's just been so many interesting characters. Uh, on on the season that that have had their time and, and are now gone and, and because we we had three tribes and we're, you know the time of, of each tribe was was a little bit limited, I, I think we kind of have a ninja esque mad scientist going on this season. A ninja esque mad scientist. Yes. Okay. Well, there's a hybrid they we haven't be had before. Waiting in the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. And that would be Mr. Tyler. Tyler. See, yeah. I thought he was going to be the diplomat, but I feel like uh, I see I see where you're going, um, and I can't I can't quibble with it. Uh, the Tyler is the mad scientist who has not yet entered the lab. You feel like? Yeah, I just I just think you know if you if you watch the if you're you know we've all been watching the shows. I think he's kind of been strategizing, but I just think it's just been so downplayed, and I, I think we kind of started to see the hints of it. Um, you know, we were seeing things from Sierra's point of view. In terms of her going to 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 the guys and saying, "Hey, I hate my my collar tribe, and I I, I want to join your collar tribe of, of people," kind of thing. Can I join with you? And I think watching Tyler, I, I could see the gears turning, and I think Tyler is very well aware of what's going on. I think we're I think we're about to see the mad scientist uh, be really born this week. Yeah, I think we got a lot of people on the Tyler bandwagon, AJ. Yeah, and 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 uh, like I said, he's he's been very quiet. He's had a very quiet, quiet uh, edit so far. Mm-hmm. Not a winner's edit, Fishback. Quiet <laughs> edit. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's where you want to be. I think that he's positioned well. Like he's not being too cocky, where people are are hating him. He's just he's been right there. Yeah, I, th- I think he's he's in true scientist fa- fashion. I think he's been very observant. He's been you know, taking notes and t- getting all the data. And now he's, he's analyzed it. And I think now he's ready to, uh, to act on it. Okay. So there is our mad scientist and it is Tyler. Indeed. Okay. All right. Now let's get back to our marriage. Yes. It's time for the nuptials to be consummated. Absolutely. Okay. Now I've only got a couple people left on my paper here. Well, I hope um, you only have three because that's all I got left. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the people that we haven't talked about yet are Carolyn and Haley and Jen. And I'd be very surprised if you figure out a way to marry Carolyn to either of these two. Well, then it's a good thing I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the marriage is uh, to me uh, a clear, uh, you know, 
person with two brains, one person, two brains combined there. Uh, yeah, Jen and Hallie are, are clearly, clearly the marriage of convenience for me. Um, especially now that they're, they're no longer hanging out with Joe. <laughs> yes. Yes. And they're on their own. And, and, uh, generally speaking in the marriage, there's usually an alpha who's kind of leading the charge and making more of the decisions. And they're the number two. Uh, whereas the one who's kind of the follower kind of is the one who, because they're the one who's going to get knifed in the back when push comes to shove is a lot lower on our list. Yes. Back at number seven. So, all right. So the question is who's who? Yeah. I would say personally, from what I've seen so far, I believe that Jen is the alpha. Just shut up, man. Yeah. There you go. I I think she's definitely chicken dinner. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I just think Jen is is a little bit more of the hothead, a little bit more of the uh, the schemer and plotter, uh, a little bit more of in my way or the highway. And I, I just I I don't see her bending uh, to anyone else's will. Yeah. Uh, and and surprisingly, uh, she she strikes me as uh, just having been watching American Crime. I mean, I I, I think. She, Totally reminds me of the uh, drug addict girl on that show. <laughs> Whoa. It's, not, it's not for nothing, but I mean, she looks just like her. But, uh, but it's the same attitude, though. It's that laid back, whatever, whatever the world owes me <laughs> kind of attitude. Yeah. Wow. And, and that's what I'm getting from her. But it works. It works she, because of where, the tribe she started on, because of the, the power that, that she had. And I, I think it's gone to her head a little bit. But I, I think in her mind, she's running the show. Okay. And because she has a minion to, to, to work with, uh, I think she's kind of insulated in terms of numbers. All right. So you like number two, technically, uh, which number one in the marriage of convenience, but number two in our list is yeah. Jen. And yeah. then the number two in the marriage of convenience, but number seven overall is Haley. Yes. Yes. Okay. Indeed. And, I, and also, I don't think Haley... I, I, I don't. I don't think she brings anything to the table other than numbers. At least nothing that I've seen that that really inspires me to think that she could take over leadership of this group. Okay, and so these two are together. A more conventional marriage of convenience this season. Yeah, the the alliance on day one kind of kind of marriage. Like I said, it's it's either showman's alliance from day one, or hey, we got to stick together. You know, like Malcolm and Denise kind of thing because we have to. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about your number one, your diplomat. Here she is, Carolyn. Um, yeah. Very interesting. Well, now, uh, diplomats, people, uh, every year when we do this, every season, people hear diplomat and they think they have to be a nice person. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> it, not that, true. That, it's not true. That's not true at all. I, the diplomat is simply someone who is very comfortable uh, being in between alliances and being able to talk to both alliances uh, being able to maintain relationships with everybody that they need to maintain relationships to, being able to turn on a dime. And, and it's like, I see your side of the argument, I see your side of the argument, I'm going to weigh them, and I'm going to go with you. Uh, I think Caroline is a perfect example. Caroline's a perfect example of this because you saw her do this. She's just like, you know, I, I could go with you guys. I and I see that Kelly over there is going to be the swing vote. I think I would like to be the swing vote, and I'm going to approach the other side, and I'm going to make my pitch. You know, I, I think it's very she she she's very fluid. 
She's very easily fluid to not commit too much to one side or the other. And yet I don't think she's doing it in a way where she, she's totally like, you know, alienated the people she's, she's quote unquote left behind. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Uh, last season, your diplomat, do you remember? Uh, last season's diplomat was Jeremy. These guys are so dumb. <laughs> yes. Uh, he was the diplomat. He, he didn't tell them to their face that they were dumb. He just told us. Right. Um, and, and, and Jeremy also had this very, very, this ease of being able to talk to everybody. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, he, let's face it, he got screwed because, because we had our X Factor walk. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, yes, it may have saved him that one, you know, uh, well, let's not go back too deep into it. Yeah. He could have been the next one to be voted out that week anyway. But, um, you know, that, numbers wise that totally screwed him over okay yeah so carolyn is i i think a good call here with the diplomat because she hated max and shireen but she didn't tell them to their face that she hated them right and, and she also didn't yeah it wasn't like she said uh i i don't like these people i'm not going to work with them she really took a look around and said, you know, yeah, it's three versus three. And if whoever gets Kelly, that's going to be the four. And then she saw that Shireen was like kind of bringing Kelly in. And she's like, huh, maybe let me hear what the other side has to say about this. Who are they thinking of running out? And she kind of went, just went over to as like a fact finding mission. And it was like, okay, whatever you guys want. You want to vote? Okay, good. And, you know, she figured out what was best for her. And they didn't say, hey, maybe, maybe Carol was trying to trick us. I didn't, I didn't see any of that where they didn't necessarily, I mean, you know, there's always hesitation, but I don't think anyone was like, oh, this, this woman's trying to trick us. They're like, oh, she, she's willing to switch. Well, let's use her. So Carolyn is the diplomat. And, then, and she's a diplomat with an, with a, with an immunity idol. So it's doubly dangerous. Doubly dangerous. Okay. So um, AJ, just to reset this, and then we're going to do our draft coming up next. Okay. Yes. So we had our fresh meat. And that was Sierra. Yes. And then we had the ninja. And that was, who is that again? Uh, no. Kelly. <laughs> Kelly. No. A, tr- true, a true ninja. Okay. Yes. Uh, and then we have the cheerleader. And the cheerleader was Joe. Uh, right. We have our loose cannon. And the loose cannon is Rodney. Uh, we have our narcissist. That's Joaquin. Uh, we have our old reliable. Uh, that's Mike. Marriage of Convenience number two is Haley. We have the Idiot Savant, which is Dan. Captain Loophole, which is Shireen. We have the X Factor, which is Will. We have our Mad Scientist, who is... Who is our Mad Scientist? That we have... Oh, Tyler. Tyler. And then our Marriage of Convenience part one is Jen. And then our Diplomat is Carolyn. I'd say, AJ, I think you've done a, a good job here. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, the only one that I say uh, is kind of like Joe is the cheerleader, but I mean, I don't know who you switch in with. And, and, if, and if, yeah, it's, it's, you know, if you've, if you've matched a, a love, you know, 12 out of the 13, then that, that's pretty good if you can't come up with that switch. So, yeah. 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 Now, the San Juan del Sur, uh, again, it, I think you were uh, proved more right on some of them and a couple of them. Uh, like, uh, still, I don't know, but I think this season, I think you, you nailed it. Thank you, sir. And yeah. again, uh, just uh, for people listening for the first time or even, even returners, it doesn't mean that, uh, that Caroline is going to win the game. It doesn't mean that, you know, uh, that, you know, uh, Shireen is, is, is going to finish fifth. Like that, that's not what this means. This, it's, it, it, this is, 
this is the archetypes ranking in terms of their the archetype chances. And a if Carolyn is a great diplomat, she will win. If she's a lousy diplomat, she could be the next one voted out. That it, it all depends on on how the person in the role ends up bringing their own personal skill level to it that helps increase or decrease the odds. Yeah, I also think that last season was a tough season to do this. Well, but yeah, when you have the family in there, it, it's, it, they don't cast those seasons the same. Uh, so it, it, is, it is a lot of similar personalities, and especially when you have twinnies in, in the mix at the beginning. <laughs> you know? Right. It's like already like, well, there's two very similar personalities. Okay. All right. So we're going to uh, get to our draft. You know, I also forgot to set up at the start of the show, of course. Uh, AJ Mass is the author of uh, two fantastic books. Uh, how Fantasy Sports Explains the World, and also, uh, yes, it's hot in here, both available on Amazon.com, correct? Correct. You could use our link, uh, robswebsitecom slash Amazon, or uh, the link for How Fantasy Sports Explains the World is robswebsitecom slash AJ Mass. Uh, and the I forget the link to the, the link that I made for Yes, It's Hot in Here, but I will post that on the website on robswebsitecom if you want to go directly there. And and these books are are not just for sports fans. It's, it's if you like Survivor and you like, you know, you like sports, great. But it, it it's for everybody. Yes, uh, AJ, you were also recently featured on a Thirty for Thirty, correct? Uh, yeah, a short film uh, through uh, through Grantland uh, dot com and uh, Thirty for Thirty on ESPN. Uh, Errol Morris, a uh, documentary filmmaker, uh, did a bunch of uh, six short films, and uh, one of them was uh, all about. Uh, me and being Mr. Met, the yes. title of the uh, of, of the short. Uh, it was a lot of fun to shoot. A uh, really good time, and I, th- I I I'm really happy with how it came out. Yes, um, I haven't seen it yet, but I, if it's available online, I would love to uh, check it out. Yeah, you can go on to uh, Grantland.com, and uh, there should be uh, a link there somewhere. Yes. I did see the promo for it where uh, they were talking about the story where the Secret Service was going to threaten to kill you if you came too close to Bill Clinton. Indeed, a a, a terrifying, uh, (laughs) a terrifying experience that uh, I I think I've gotten over now, but it's taken a while. (laughs) (laughs) All right. AJ, last season we did our fantasy draft and uh, much like uh, the reverse of the Big Brother fantasy draft, it was uh, it was not close. I I, I got, had some redemption last season. I, I don't remember anything about last season's now, draft. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, let me just say a couple <laughs> a couple of interesting things about our our draft. Um, now you had Natalie. Now you had yeah. one you had one gem in your draft class, but the rest of your draft uh, was not so great. And I was able to win out really uh, with the late, my late round picks really uh, carried the day. Uh, overall, our drafts were kind of garbage uh, that my number one pick was Reed. Your number two pick was Josh. Uh, neither of them were ultimately uh, big factors. Uh, and then I took Wes. Uh, and then uh, your, your second pick was Jeremy. And again, uh, lots of busts at the top of this draft. Yeah, it's it's that's that's the thing. It's 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 like a domino effect with a lot of these situations when you uh, start drafting people in the same alliance and and all of a sudden there's a there's a switch and the numbers just turn on you and and then it's like bang 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 you lose two three four in a row and and you're out of it before it even starts. Yeah. Now, 
do you think that is there an issue with our scoring system here uh that natalie who you had in your your third pick was natalie she uh resulted in 28 of your points uh out of your 46 points uh total um i had jacqueline who was my last pick uh she scored 20 points is our scoring system working where natalie who was a dominant player uh, towards, especially towards the end of the game, and our winner only scored eight more points than Jacqueline. Um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't really think so. Um, at least she scored the most points. Yes. I mean, as as long as that's. I mean, if you track it, is is the person who's finishing first getting more points than two, and then they're getting more points than three, and so on and so on? I think, generally speaking, yes. Okay. Uh, right. It's not like Nat- you know she Natalie didn't win you know nine zero. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that yeah Jacqueline uh, got uh, did she get did she get four votes or uh, how many votes? Uh, okay, no, so that they doubled that. So that, so she got two. Uh, she got two she, she got two and and one you know one was the I don't want I don't want Missy to win finish second vote yeah, that still counts though so. and, yeah. and and there were loved ones involved so they were guaranteed the vote. Yes. So, you know, I think, again, it was a skewed season. I, I think the scoring system is fairly, fairly uh, on point. Okay. So you you had Natalie, but I had every, everybody else in the final five. I had uh, Keith Baylor, Missy, and Jacqueline. So, uh, yeah, because except for Jacqueline, I picked everybody with the J name, and let's see how that, that worked out for me. <laughs> yes. All right. So, um, just to update our scoring system, we do. It's one point for every week you advance from here on out. We have five points for being in the final three. Um, that That's the one I think I want to talk about. Uh, two points per vote in the final tribal council. Uh, two points for playing an immunity idol. Two points for an immunity challenge win. And one bonus point for voting against a loved one. Uh, that one we can sort of take out, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Um <sighs> I would say I think five points for being in the final three is a bit is a bit wonky. And I feel like I would say maybe make that three for getting to the final three. And then I feel like I would add a point for a getting a vote in the final travel council. Yeah, I'm fine with tinkering. That's okay. it's all good. All right. So the new scoring system is three points for just making it to the final three. And then you get three points for every vote that you get. Sounds fair. So um, I'm not sure if that would have ultimately changed it. I, I think I still would have, would have had it, but I think it would have been definitely closer. I, yeah, I think you still probably would have won, but you know, having two out of the three in the final, that, that you know, that's fair. Yeah, um, yeah. Your overall, uh, yeah the uh, the picks of uh, Josh and Jeremy, Julie and and Dale really uh, sunk your ship uh, last season. Despite the greatness of Natalie. All right. So that being said, AJ, since you are the number, have the number one pick cause uh, you did not win the last one. You will get the first pick in this season's draft. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I will pick first and I don't always take the diplomat uh, because again, just because they're the most likely to make it doesn't mean they're going to win. But in this season, I think I will take the diplomat. Oh, I think I'm going to start with Carolyn. She's got that immunity idol, which means there's a point hanging there for me. 
<laughs> for her to use it. And uh, I think she's going to last a long time. She may not win, but I think she's in this for the long haul. Okay. All right. So that will leave me to, to I have two picks here. Number mm-hmm. two and number three. I will go, uh, will definitely give me Tyler at number two. Okay. Number two overall. The uh, Marcus Mariota of this draft class. Uh, to, to your uh, <laughs> Carolyn Winston. Okay. And I will take uh, with the number three pick. Boy, uh, give me Joe. Give me okay. Joe. I'm going to go with Tyler and Joe. Uh, and Joe is technically our cheerleader. So give me a cheerleader yes. and a mad scientist. All right. So now you have two picks in a row, AJ. Four and five. I have two picks in a row, and I am going to. I'm going to go with Jen. Jen. Yeah. And then I am going to. Uh, I'm going to go with Walk. See where Walk. that takes me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And no, I'm not just picking people with J names. That wasn't <laughs> part of it. <laughs> All right. So. Jen is off the board. Okay. And Joaquin is off the board. All right. So just to, let me just reset what's going on here because I've, I've scribbled all over my, my notes. So the people, uh, I need Mel Kuyper's best available. Uh, we have Will is still on the board. We have Haley is still on the board. Shireen is still on the board. Uh, Kelly is still on the board. Sierra is on the board. Mike is on the board. Uh, and, Dan is on the board and Rodney. Correct. Okay. All right. Well, I feel like uh, number six, number six overall. Uh, give me Mike. Okay. Okay. Um, and right now I have a lot of people on that new uh, blue collar tribe. Hmm. I would say then of the remaining people, I will say uh, give me Haley. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Playing by the HF rules. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will then. Two picks, AJ. I will go with Dantes and his Mantis. Okay. And on the premise that if he makes the merge then maybe they stick around as the bad guy. I will go with Rodney. Wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So now I have two picks here. Uh, best available. Yes. Okay. We've got uh, Will. We have Shireen. Mm-hmm. We have Kelly. Yes. And yes. Uh, is that it? Who am I missing? Sierra. Sierra. Oh, that's right. Okay. Sierra. Boy. Um, hmm. Okay, so uh, I'm going to get two picks here and then you're going to get two picks here and that's the end of the draft. So I'm basically... Oh, I'm going to get one I'm going to get one pick and the the one person gets uh, cut to the wind. Oh, okay. That Oh my god. Yes. Okay, so somebody's going to get undrafted. Exactly. Oh boy. So I get to pick two out of the th- final three picks and somebody is going to go somebody's going to go off. Boy. You know, I, I have to say, at the start of the season, Shireen was my pick. And I said about her, 
if she can make the merge, then she's going to go far. And Nicole kept saying to me, you can't have it both ways. And I said, but, but I can. And we got to talk around in circles. But I still maintain if Shireen can make it through this week's show. That's the F, right? If she can make it through Thursday, then I think she's around for a while. So let me take, let me double down. Give me, give me my Shireen back. Give me Shireen's cousin's cousin. Yes. And maybe there's some miracle that the new no collar tribe can win the, the immunity challenge. And then we, and then we get to the merge and then she's not the top threat. Once we get to the merge. Okay. okay. Uh, it's like, I feel like she has an eighty percent chance to go home this week, <laughs> but well, as a, as a, that's then that's why the X Factor and Captain Loophole with both of them they're ranked so high. Even though I do think chances of either one of them going out at thirteen are, are also high, but if they if it is, it's that if they make it through this one, yeah, they can go a long way. It's like that point in Heroes versus Villains where it's like, okay, we're going to vote out either Sandra or Courtney right before the merge, uh, and then you know, and it's probably. I think if you vote out Sandra at that point, I think Courtney is the one that probably goes very far into that game again. And so um, I think Shireen is probably around for a while if she makes it through Thursday. Then I have one other person to pick and I have between Will, Kelly, or Sierra. Uh, You know, I don't hate any of those people. Like I'd be happy with with any of them here at at the end of the draft. I think uh, all of them are good picks at number 11 overall. Give me Sierra. Okay. Okay. I shall. All right. And now you have to pick either Kelly or Will. Well, and, and since winning challenges is, is points, then I, I really I can't pick Will. So I'm going to go with Kelly. <laughs> oh, my God. He's the X Factor. He got undrafted. Yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope for uh, for both of our teams' sakes that he's the uh, the X factor in the sense that he's an X player of the game after this next <laughs> the X player, this next vote out. <sighs> Boy, okay, there you go. All right, so here's our draft. Just to reset one more time, uh, number one overall was Carolyn to AJ. Then she does have a hidden immunity idol. Uh, number two overall was Tyler to Rob. Then Rob uh, went with Joe. Then AJ took Jen and Joaquin. I think that a lot, a lot of people, I think, are uh, questioning the pick here at number five of Joaquin. Uh, it, it was uh, certainly a uh, unconventional pick, I, I will admit. <laughs> but you I know, you I, I saw because I think you could have let Joaquin fall a little bit. Well, you know what? I went, you know, I went conventional last season, and look how that turned out <laughs> for me. So. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to say, you know, uh, WTF. You know, a lot of the draft nicks are questioning this move, AJ. Well, you know, maybe the maybe I could trade it trade up next season. And <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, then Rob went with Mike and Haley at six and seven. Then AJ uh, went for uh, Dan and Rodney. Also, uh, I think that's uh, unconventional all around. Well, you know, uh, I'm not going to stand on convention. I'm sorry. <laughs> then uh, Rob went with uh, Shireen and Sierra. AJ took Kelly and Will uh, is going. Uh, he's going to the CFL. He did not get uh, drafted. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, if you would have let me, I would have drafted Marsha the Moose, but you know, that's a different show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, AJ, we have talked about archetypes. We've done our draft. Uh, is there was there anything else uh, that we wanted to do today? Um, I think we got it covered. I mean, uh, it's 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 a lot a lot to chew on. I think a lot of people are going to have a, a lot to say. I hope. <laughs> Who's your pick for Big Brother Canada three? Have you looked at the bios yet? Uh, I've done a quick quick glance. I I am There's not a baseball player. Yeah, I, yeah. I was about to say, uh, Greg <laughs> is is. You know, I'm a, I'm a bit offended that he lists himself as as a baseball as a major league baseball player. <laughs> I, I I had to look him up because I had no idea who yeah. he was, and I Who's saw had his, more like, time on a major league baseball field, uh, AJ, uh, you or uh, Big Brother Canada, Greg? Uh, that would be me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's what didn't even bat two hundred in the minors. It's not, I mean, and please, I probably wouldn't bet. Uh, Point oh two. So I'm, I'm not saying that, but uh, don't pull yourself as an MLB player if you are not an MLB player. Uh, yeah, I, I did particularly like him. I, I, I did a quick look at the bios. Uh, I mean, I'm interested in watching Risha, but I don't know that. Uh, oh. her, I don't know necessarily that uh, her game is going to be any good. Uh, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, they, they, uh, they're intriguing. I, I didn't watch the bios. I'm, I am going to see if I can uh, figure out a way to holla and uh, see uh, the yeah. first episode. Uh, and and perhaps I'll have a pick a little bit later on. Perhaps even archetypes will fall into place if, okay. if you know. Very fun, but very it's fun. it's uh, Big Brother Canada is 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 a very fun show. I, I if they keep the spirit of the first two seasons up. I, I've been very very entertained. I, I, it's been good TV. Good TV, and we like we like good TV. All right, yeah, we uh, <laughs> yes, AJ, uh, great job today. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. It's always a pleasure to come on and, and, and chat. Uh, we, 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 we don't do it often enough. Yes. Although some people might think we do it far too often. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess then the next one is going to be the archetypes of Big Brother 17. Can you believe it? 17. Really? <laughs> really? Big Brother's leaving the house. <laughs> yes. Oh my God! Going out on the round. Yes. So, uh, so, so much to do. Uh, of course, you could follow AJ on Twitter at AJ Mass. AJ is great on Twitter. He's very responsive. So, uh, if you have any thoughts or uh, high fives for AJ Mass after this podcast, uh, you can definitely find him there. Yes, I, I look forward to hearing from uh, the entire RHAP family, some of whom uh, I got to meet for the first time in New York. So it was it was fun meeting all of you who. Uh, came up and said hi. It was uh it was really good to put uh, some faces to the to the Twitter handles and whatnot. And from time to time you can catch AJ Mass on post show recaps as well. Indeed, indeed. I know uh Mr Mr. Mike Bloom and myself are, are working on uh, what show we'd like to cover next for that. Okay. Uh and uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, uh, you know, there's always uh, the occasional Walking Dead fill in, which uh, which is always a good time as well or a bad time. Yeah, only one on episode left. Passed away. Only one episode left this season. So uh, very exciting time in Walking Dead. A very exciting time all around uh, with Survivor and uh, Big Brother Canada. And I know a hiatus on your beloved Amazing Race right now. Yeah, it's not good. Not good for the ratings uh, to, to, to go away for a couple of weeks and then come back and say, hey, remember us? I don't know. I, with the dating thing, I don't know. I don't know. This could just this, this in trouble. A lot of marriage of conveniences on uh, Amazing Race this season. All right. AJ, thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Take care, Rob.
All right, everybody, there you have it. My podcast with AJ Mass talking about the archetypes of the season and doing our big draft. Also, special thanks to Matthew Folks, who runs the draft every season for our AJ and I and keeps score all season long and lets us know how it goes. So really appreciate that. All right, so looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say. Always a lot of comments on this episode of the podcast because I know you guys come up with your own versions of AJ's list. I think AJ did a really great job. I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys come up with. Big podcast week, of course. We had Spice in already this week, but we're going to get into the premiere of Big Brother Canada. That's going to be on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, followed by on Wednesday, Survivor Know-It-Alls. Then I'll talk to the next person kicked off the Survivor, Jim Rice on the podcast, voicemails with Antonio Mazzaro, and then we'll get into some more uh, Big Brother podcasting as we head towards the weekend. So busy week on the podcast. Thanks again for everybody's vote for the podcast awards. If you voted, if you didn't, uh, that's okay too. But I appreciate all the people who told me they've been voting daily. Uh, It's been a very exciting campaign season and uh, one that we can probably all uh, take a load off now that this is going to be all behind us and wait to see what happens at the podcast awards in April. So thanks again. Thank you, AJ Mass. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.